2: Welcome back to For the Water Cooler, the podcast where you get to chat with your favorite co-workers about what you watched last night. I'm Matt Scalise, and Joining me as always is my virtual office buddy, Caroline Darney. Caroline, how are you?
0: Hi. I'm excellent. I got to go see, I don't know if you heard of it, it's this indie flick. Uh, it's called Top Gun Maverick. Uh, it was theaters <laughs> last night. So, so you're just
2: such a you're, such a, you're <laughs> such a, you're such a patron of up and coming
0: yeah, yeah, little, little
2: engine that could movies. I want like to support Top Gun small Maverick, movies, Barbie. Small movies.
0: <laughs> uh, no, Alamo, for some reason, I have no idea why, I do not care why. Uh, decided that for one night, one night, um, they were going to show Top Gun Maverick against so my sister and I went, um, and so in honor of that is also why I'm wearing my Kenny Loggins Wingman t shirt from when I went to the Kenny Very Loggins nice. concert uh last year, um, which. If anyone wants to talk about Kenny Loggins, uh, or Michael McDonald, or the Doobie Brothers. Well, there there, or may, or, there may or may not, we <laughs> may or like, may yeah. not have
2: some mention of the Doobie Brothers later in the show. No oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> speaking of, later in the show we're going to be joined by a wonderful guest. That would be Amanda Mull, who's one of my favorite writers. She writes for The Atlantic, uh, and she is here to talk about Seinfeld with us, believe it or not. I was so thrilled that that's what she decided she wanted <laughs> her pop culture potluck item to be but we will get to that later on uh first off though today Caroline yeah. you know we have kind of reached really the 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 peak of summer movie season has has is behind us now yeah. we, we talked about that last week um and there will still be some new stuff rolling out for the remainder of the summer and into the fall but as we know uh, a lot of the creatives are on strike right now yeah. and I think we're probably entering an era where a lot of us are going to be catching up. We're going to be watching Mm -hmm. stuff that we've always meant to watch, that we've told people, (laughs) I'm going to watch that soon. And we just (laughs) haven't gotten around to it yet. And I think we are about to enter the era where we all clean out our to-watch lists. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I wanted to talk about some of the stuff that you and I have been sort of catching up on lately. Maybe it's not stuff that's brand new, but (laughs) stuff we've been spending our time on.
0: Yeah, well, all of the things that I've recently watched or am watching, um, I started at some point and just hadn't finished, whether it was because I was back in my Navy days and had deployed and, like, lost track and forgot where I was or got burned out um, or just never really you know now this stuff is like you see it on netflix so i mean we've talked about it a bit off offline but uh i did watch all 11 seasons of the walking dead recently uh- <laughs> what a
2: what a thing Woo. to put yourself through
0: Woo! let me tell you um overall i'd say it's a solid to good show <laughs> there are some great seasons uh, the first couple seasons, outstanding, like really just great television. Uh, seven and eight were awful, like some of the worst stuff I had to like. So for for people listening who aren't aware of this condition I have, it's called completionist. <laughs> I I have to finish things. (laughs) I have to go in order. So like when there's people that are like, oh, skip season three because it was the writer's strike and it was bad. Like when they're telling Mm -hmm. me about some new show, I should start or you don't really need to watch one through three it gets really good In yeah. four. We don't I listen to people who
2: say that. Yeah. Oh I
0: can't do it I physically cannot and so people are like if you don't like it just stop and I'm like you don't understand I have to finish it like I am legally now- required in this like <laughs> contract I've made with myself as a human to finish the series and I am kind of glad I pushed through seven and eight that's for people wondering that's like when Negan shows up and he has the bat and like things go real south real fast it's like they had I, I, I should research this if, if only I had something at my fingertips that would give me all the answers I needed um (laughs) it felt like they got completely different writers or they figured out some new way to show gore and it just went off the rails like it went into more like saw or hostile vibes than it was with like it just felt real like almost more torturous it was awful and you're kind of sitting there like oh yeah what do we? Watching? This is a
2: this is a thing that I've heard a lot of people say about this show, and I and yeah. I will say I back in the day, however many decades <laughs> ago this was that yeah. Walking Dead started. I, I truly feel like it was a lifetime ago. I yeah. did I did watch at least the first season, and I may have watched some of season two. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do have the thing that you have, Caroline, where you yeah. talk about the not wanting to skip things when Can't I'm when it. I'm getting into it. But I will say I have a different trait that comes into play for me. Okay that has developed as i've gotten older which is that i have a, a sort of rip cord that i will pull that i that if i feel like you know what i'm not enjoying watching this i it's hard for me to keep paying attention yeah. i don't care what's happening anymore i'll bail and i've been told sometimes by people that i've bailed early on shows but i <laughs> but i don't really regret it because like you know what if if you want me to keep watching your show I think you have to keep a certain level of
0: oh 100 and i i've definitely bailed on shows before And part i i kind of am lying a smidge about this particular rewatch or finishing because that's mm-hmm. what i don't know how to say describe it because i'd like watched half of the show but never finished it um is apparently and i'm I apologies if i've mentioned this on here before because i'm so excited about it there's a bunch of spinoffs coming
2: yes i'm aware
0: of this yeah and so they have the one about like daryl in france and that was Like daryl dixon is one of the best tv characters that i think has been created in the last like 15 years he's just excellent norman reedus is great all that stuff so i wanted to see how he got there um i have i did bail and i actually want to go back and finish this I, i bailed on sons of anarchy not because i wasn't enjoying it um, but I started having dreams like I was in the motorcycle gang, and I was like, <laughs> I should wow. probably take a beat. <laughs> like, this might be too much. It bending. became your whole life. Yeah. It did. And I was like, Ooh, Jax Teller, like, very big, big fan, big fan. But I was just like, I need to take a break. Like, this is a smidge too much. And then there's a thing where if you take a break too long, then you forget where you were. Yes, and then you kind of like, and, if, and when you're four then or Then you have to start the show in, over. Yeah, yeah, then you got to start over and then you run into <laughs> the same problem where it's all you did right. for, like, you know. Um, and so that that's one. I do have a ripcord on it and And I would have... I don't blame anyone who stopped watching Walking Dead after season seven or eight because uh, that was just brutal. But I am kind of glad that I finished because I, I enjoyed... Not enjoyed. I thought there were some intriguing villains later. Um, but what I... I was talking our friend Kyle Bandujo the big screen sports podcast host we were hanging out with Kyle a few weeks ago on a show there and I, I did a Dazed and Confused which I had never seen before so we can talk about that if we want in a second but um he was like i've never seen walking dead i don't want to see it so i'm going to ask you all the questions i have <laughs> and i was like okay
1: this is <laughs> a, this
2: like... is another way some people deal with with stuff they've missed which is that they spoil it for themselves and say yeah. like i haven't seen it but i know everything that happens in it." yeah because just... he
0: was like do they ever find a cure and i was like no and they don't even try after the end of season one like season one's like six episodes and it ends with them at like the cdc whatever and I was like, no, they don't even – because I really do wish it got very redundant because, like, it's just like, okay, new bad guy. That's I truly can't
2: happen. imagine how it went on as long as it did.
0: It's And the last season had 24 episodes of yeah. Wild. Um, but, yeah, so – and then I finished uh, – I caught up on Secret Invasion, which after seeing the tweets about all these yes. people hating it so aggressively – I think I hated it less because I don't know what I was expecting, but I was expecting yeah. like way worse. <laughs> and so, so I was like, doesn't seem that bad. I,
2: I will say I have not finished Secret Invasion, which okay. I, I will, once I finish it, we will hash it out on this okay. show. <laughs> I will say that if this were a longer show, if this wasn't a six episode series, I would be pulling the ripcord right now. I I'm not into no. it. I'm not intrigued. But See, I it, I think gonna... if it were
0: a longer show, they would have done it a lot better because I think it needs more episodes. They need to like actually yeah. discuss and share. So that's sure. and that's what's most frustrating to me right now about Marvel is I don't think that they're they're nailing it with the format and the and the pacing as they did earlier. in yes. a lot. Of I episodes. agree
2: that they don't have it figured out, but I I, <laughs> I would say I. I'm more inclined to just finish watching it because it's only six episodes. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think if it was a, if it was, if we were talking about the old days of a 24, 24 episode season, <laughs> I'm bailing on this show, but, but I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to finish it. Um, I'm about halfway through. So Caroline, I, for, for my thing I'm getting caught up on, I, I, uh, it was actually a show that you, that you pushed me on
0: to aggressively
2: Blackbird when we were doing <laughs> yeah. our Emmy episode a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, I had only very, very loosely heard of this thing. I had yeah. maybe seen it in the banner spot on Apple TV Plus, um, but I, I probably never would have watched it. Had it not been a big part, I'm of like discussion. I'm
0: like on tenterhooks right now to see it. Like, if you liked it, or you're like, it was the worst, and I will no. never take your recommendations. I
2: honestly, it. I absolutely loved it. It is. Yeah. You're right that it is. It is brutal to watch. Oh yeah. It's, mm. I mean, it's about an incredibly dark subject matter, yeah. so I would say it's not for everybody. I no. think there are some people for whom this would be in kind of the trigger category, uh, particularly because it deals with a notorious, uh, serial killer of children. So there's some really dark subject matter, yes. but really, but the, you know, I would say what's interesting about it is this is not a, a sort of typical serial killer show where it's just about the, the guy and what he did. Right. Uh, it, it's actually the the main focus of the story is on this sort of very interesting dynamic where a, a different guy who gets a different prison. criminal? Yeah, yeah. different. It's, it's,
0: completely different crime family. Right? Like <laughs> in terms of like what what people did to get. Just
2: I would say yeah. in general, just kind of uh, an a hole. Like I, yeah. he is of the criminal category of he he is he is a uh, up to no good and not necessarily <laughs> directly harming people on his yeah. own, but but he's he basically gets sort of recruited into proving that this that this serial killer did in fact commit the crime so that he doesn't get out of prison yeah and that was a really interesting premise to me and hooked yep. me right away that there's this tension of this guy has to solve the crime so it's a it's a it is sort of a procedural there where someone's trying to solve a crime but the stakes are so high because the guy is in prison mm. lots of people are trying to kill him and his freedom is on the line as to whether he he solves the crime or not Um, And I mean, Taron Edgerton is somebody who I have seen and liked in other things, but I wouldn't say he's ever blown me away. But he did in this. Mm -hmm. This is a really impressive performance where he's doing a lot of interesting stuff. And obviously the other one that gets a lot of talk here is Paul Walter Hauser, who is a great actor who I've seen in a bunch of stuff already. And he's. Really disturbing. You've and have got to let
0: him get a role where he's like a friendly, like sidekick, and not <laughs> so someone that's so dark and terrifying. Because I yeah. feel like every time I see him, he's in like a role. but he also played. I mean, not like saying Richard Jewell is like a fun. No, ultimately a good. Either, but like
2: he was a good guy, though. But yeah, but.
0: it's just he plays that. It's almost so. I liked this a lot and it reminded me of Mindhunter I think was a similar I don't know Which if you've you watched Mindhunter on get, Netflix I, I didn't
2: really I didn't really love Mindhunter oh, and I think it's really? because I honestly think the biggest difference is is the villain I I think yeah. I think I didn't like the guy in Mindhunter the killer and nothing I <laughs> like paul Walter Houser in this <laughs> but I think what is the, the 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 sort of serial killer element the Hannibal Lecter type character in Mindhunter is just sort of very matter of fact. And he's sort of uh, joyous about what he did. And I think what's one of the really interesting things about Blackbird is there's a lot of ambiguity as to whether the guy actually did it or not. Yes. And he doesn't necessarily even know if he did it. Yeah. Which I think is a really cool twist on the whole, on the formula.
0: There's a scene, and this is why I think that Taron Egerton should get the... Emmy is why, this is why I'm like so strong on this, is that scene at the end, I think it was episode 6 where he he has to, he listens to something that he doesn't want to hear details on and he yeah. has to like be, he's befriended this potential serial killer who did horrible, horrible things and he can't let it be known that he's yes. in there helping anybody else and so he has to like oh, it is just, and there's a <laughs> scene that is just devastating and so incredibly well acted that I'm like give and I haven't watched and I don't really have any interest in watching the Dahmer story and I don't I can't explain to you like the yeah. reasoning why and there's a lot of other stuff that went along with the the release of the Dahmer show and all this stuff so I'm sure that he's great in that but there was just that scene alone in I think it was episode end of episode six I and think you're just, right Art. But there, it's, it's devastating.
2: It, it reminded me a lot of when we were talking about Mission Impossible and how there's the gimmick of when a character is wearing a mask. Then <laughs> in real life, the actor is having to do a double role because yeah. they are they are playing a a different person who is tr- who playing is playing that. them. Yeah. <laughs> and what's happening in a lot of of Blackbird is. It's a guy who is trying to put on a performance yeah uh, and we have to know how he really feels by looking at his face but we have to also believe that the other guy is buying it is, yeah. is buying the performance and it, that's a that's a really big acting challenge and it's very cool yeah. that Taryn Edgerton pulls she- it off in the show.
0: He's so great and I'm glad that I have brought you onto my side for him needing to be Wolverine.
2: <laughs> I think he needs to be a little older but I still I, I know still that's like the, that's
0: the argument but there's a scene like the he's, very he's first second the, scene he get when he gets arrested for the you know up to no good I think it's like gun running and other things of the other yeah, things of I mean, that nature I, i'd i call it
2: i <laughs> call it high level shenanigans
0: high sure. level shenanigans and you're just like and you're like oh okay yeah i see i see what we're doing here this is uh but yeah it's uh ray liotta i think it was his last role oh
2: man housing. and it's honestly heartbreaking to watch ray liotta yeah. in this show this 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 is certainly one of the last performances yeah. he gave before dying and he's uh I mean, it's tough to watch because he's 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 playing a character who's not in good health, and he's yeah. also you. sort of emotionally devastated. And uh, I mean, it's a really good performance, but um, tough to watch. But yeah, I'm Blackbird. Blackbird was great. I'm really glad you talked me into it. And um, yeah, I would. I, that's a big recommendation for me. Go check that out on Apple TV. Um, I, I need have, you to
0: talk me I into. Have, this one, I think is what they cloned Tyrone. I saw. Yes. So, so skimmy because I've seen so many people talking about it. John Boyega, Jamie Foxx
2: and Tiana Paris, who, oh, who uh, mostly you would know from WandaVision probably. Yep. yep. Uh, and yes, she will be in the Marvels, too. So so here's here's I don't want to I don't want to blow it. I don't want to give away too <laughs> yeah, much no it because there's a lot going on in this movie. What I would say is uh, they clone Tyrone. Is a movie that is a combination of the sort of 70s black exploitation vibe and horror sci-fi. Oh, and it's okay. hard it's hard to get across exactly why these two things blend so well <laughs> together, but it's so much fun. Um, It is it is legitimately scary and interesting in the way that horror and sci-fi can be, too. But it's also very funny. And and the three the three main characters um, are sort of it's such a it's such a fun team to watch because they don't like each other at all initially. And they sort of see this team form between them. Um, But, you know, I, I would say if you are a fan of of Jordan Peele movies, you will definitely like this movie. Um, it, it is, it is a weirder and more directly comedic than I think okay. Jordan Peele movies are, but it's, it's got a lot of that same sort of like, once you realize what's going on, there's a lot of that sort of shock and uh, like, oh my gosh, this is such a dark concept. And, uh, and obviously a lot of like social commentary involved in it. There's also, there's also, definitely a a couple of very fun surprise cameos that i was not expecting that are I fun I that that's become more
0: of a thing yeah doesn't it feel like it's more of a thing now like it's a, I don't it's know.
2: a it could it could be rightly called a gimmick but i don't care i, I don't love know, it i, I love when, when an actor i didn't know was in the movie shows up
0: yeah and i think it's partly because like more i think one i think it's easier i don't know why in my mind i just think it's easier now than maybe before but um it's the idea that like a lot of times too it's because i think they're fans of the show itself so a lot of times it's like second season or something like that so this obviously sure. wouldn't apply here for like a, a movie that was done but by... the bear for sure is, is yeah that's kind of what i am seeing. like there's times where like you know or if it's a well-known or very yeah. popular hard to get big roles like director i'm thinking like christopher nolan at this point although Oppenheimer does not count as like just cameos because as i said we, that's a that guy thing and we talked about that but like christopher nolan with like Matt Damon just pops in an in interstellar yeah, <laughs> or, exactly. you know, you just kind of like have these roles where someone's like, yeah, I can do that. Sure. And I don't know if it's because like yeah. actors are not, like, there's, it feels like there's less of a vibe where it's like, they need to be the entire focus. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, really I think with the,
2: show up. one thing really cool about this movie and I, I'd love, I really need to read more about how it got made, but um, it's a, it's a first time, director making this movie Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a it's a guy who wrote the screenplays for creed 2 and for the the space jam sequel so he's kind of paid his dues in franchises and now he gets his first shot and however he was able to pull this off he gets this fantastic three lead actors for this project and then some fun cameos kicking in and you know i would say for a for a a movie that's as high concept as this is, mm-hmm. it probably was made pretty inexpensively because yeah. there's it's it's not a it's it, it's fun to watch a sci-fi or a movie with sci-fi elements in it where it's completely practical. As far as I'm aware, everything in this movie is sets and props oh, and cool. lighting. there's there is no CGI in this movie that I'm aware of. Uh, if there is, I didn't notice it and and it was just sort of a, an accent or a sort of background element to it. So I think that's pretty cool too. And and it shows that you can, I, I really, I think this movie probably would have done some decent business in theaters and uh, yeah. it, it's, it's on Netflix. Uh, we know, we know that I, I've, I've said before, I think movies get lost really easily on Netflix. So definitely yes. this is another recommendation for me definitely check out they clone tyrone i'm A excited really, that's
0: on the it's really
2: on the fun weird movie
0: um i've also been watching this is mostly because netflix was like hey you wanna and i think it was because it was recently added and therefore those little like the top bar works on me but it's another one that i started and did not finish and that's Suits. <laughs>
2: So I so I'll tell you at the extent of everything I know about suits.
0: Okay. Uh, I, I know that I know that
2: a, a future member of the royal family yes. who has now been excommunicated from the royal yes. family was on the ship.
0: Yeah. End of
2: end of knowledge of that's suits. It? Oh, that's, that's it. Oh, it's a
0: great it's a ton of fun in a very like it's the most unbelievable like in an actual like you do not believe that this could happen because the premise you find out the first like 15 (laughs) minutes of of the show is like harvey specter played by gabriel Macht who's an underrated gem of an actor um the most charming handsome man that's probably ever worn a suit on television and yes i include john ham madman um high praise a high you know very fancy new york lawyer And he's looking for, they're hiring a new associate and in comes Mike Ross, who's trying to get away from the cops because his stupid roommate accidentally set him up on a drug bust because he was helping him out with something. And he has one of the, like, I think it was called Iodetic Memories, where you remember everything that you've read or seen. Like you read it once and it's like locked into your brain. So it's like Um, photographic memory, but. but Yeah, it's like, it's like um, Spencer from criminal minds now (laughs) anyone um but so he basically for some reason again this is all in one meeting this like very important fancy lawyers like i'm gonna hire you as my associate because he had been taking the bar for people um or taking the LSAT for people, or both, whatever. They're taking the LSAT for people to get into law school because he could remember everything, and so he could get them exactly the score that they wanted, where people wouldn't like ask questions or it wouldn't raise flags or whatever. So, so, this is so like, he knew uh, knows the law. Yeah, <laughs> but he this never is, went to is, law school.
2: This is in the this is in the category of TV shows where it's there's a guy who's weird. But his weirdness is also why he's really good at his job. So it's like
0: House. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, House is a great example. I mean, so Mike is like super not, he's like just charming and quick on his feet. And so it it ends up being, you know, it's mostly the characters that make the show so great. Because again, none of it's remotely believable. And they go to all these lengths to like the number of laws that they break. (laughs) And you just kind of have to be like, okay, we know that every single one of every single case um would get thrown out because everything <laughs> right. like every single right. thing that you've done sure. to help people would be undone if anyone found out that you didn't go to harvard and didn't yes. that but you weren't actually a lawyer um and yet it's still enjoyable um and so it's kind of like okay cool like you just roll with it um but yes megan markle uh megan
2: markle i couldn't remember <laughs>
0: <laughs> i thought you were just trying to be like cool no i tried to play it off like no, i was I mean, like i, I was being a royal uh, family like yeah what? Yeah, no. Meghan Markle plays a paralegal who dates the the fraud. I'm um, oh, sorry, spoiler, uh, but it's a it's it's kind of it's a fun like it's very USA. Like I don't know if you ever yeah. watched. I don't know if I, you've ever I, watched I, White Collar. It's very similar to I'm, White Collar. I, in the I South
2: honestly world. have never watched any of the USA shows. I, I I I think a lot of them fit the category that you're talking about because yeah. another another thing that fits like House would be. Actually, monk was a USA show, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. and the and the Dead Zone actually is also in that category, except it's supernatural. It's a guy who basically is like solving crimes because he can he 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 can see the
0: future. Was Psych on USA? Psych might also have been on USA. And I think like it's in there with like burn notice. Like those are the vibes it's going with, but it's like still super enjoyable. I think there's like nine seasons of it, and I'm like on season four. Yeah. Like it's Donna and and Harvey have the best chemistry, but aren't like it's like a will they won't they? But you really don't think they will. It's a whole. It's like a, again, it's just very. It's a fun light watch in the background. Are they're all questionable moral people? Sure, <laughs> but you love them still. <laughs> so you're like, I could see past that. That's fine, and all of the. Let me just tell you about the fashion. The fashion is wonderful because they're all, again, fancy New York <laughs> lawyers with, like, fancy jackets and suits and Tom Ford and whatever. But, it's, yeah, it's, suits, it's been fun.
2: <laughs> so it, it's it's interesting that you bring up a legal show because my last one I wanted to talk about that I've been watching lately is I, I, I historically am not a guy who watches crime or legal procedurals. Like, I've never been a law and order guy it's just not usually a genre that appeals to me. Yeah. But um, I have been meaning to watch Better Call Saul for years, and its main reason I haven't yet is because it's hard to. It, it's been hard for me to get a hold of because yeah. I'm I'm I've been a, a cut cord guy for a long time, uh, and and you could only really watch the show as it was on yeah. on AMC's own app. Right. So, yeah.
0: That's what, see, my Daryl Dixon French show. I don't know yeah. how I'm going to watch that without paying extra every month.
2: Ugh. So I, I had to wait for it to come out on Netflix. And I kind of, I kind of at some point decided I'm going to wait for the whole series to come out and then oh, watch probably. it all. So I'm finally getting into Better Call Saul and I don't know if I just actually do like legal <laughs> procedurals and never knew it or if I just, you just like the this show? one because <laughs> it isn't even like the Breaking Bad thing of like, oh, wow, these outrageous things are happening. It's actually like one of my favorite episodes I've seen so far involves Bob Odenkirk's character literally altering documents. Uh, in a copy shop for like there it's like a extended sequence it's it's like a it's like a 10 minute scene of him with an exacto knife cutting out letters and moving them around to to and i i mean for people who haven't seen it i won't spoil it but yeah, it's yeah, it's on. so crazy how much i enjoy watching yeah. that kind of stuff and it's like this very relaxing i mean there are bad things happening in the show to people sure. and ultimately it's about kind of a con man But it's like a weirdly chill show about a guy who's mostly just
0: practicing elder law. Uh, And I can't explain why it's so watchable. Is this where I tell you I haven't seen Breaking Bad?
2: Well, I mean, I I think that needs to be a potential item for you.
0: I have a very big blind spot with like three of what are widely considered the best TV shows ever made. And that's Mad Men, Breaking Bad and Sopranos. I've seen a of those. And my dad is like, you need to want, my dad's the one that's hassling me about Breaking Bad. He loved Breaking Bad. They're all
2: variously some, some level of dated, but also very
0: good. They're on Um, the list. I know that it's a blind spot. I know that I need to,
2: I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to I'm not going to shame you for having not seen those shows. Caroline. Yeah. We're, we're, this Thank is a supportive you. environment. Thank you. All right. Well, we are going to talk about a show that I would shame you for if you haven't yes. seen yet, which is Seinfeld in just a minute when we come back from our break.
0: All right. Welcome back to For the Water Cooler. Matt and I are super excited about this. This is someone that we followed both on Twitter for a very long time. A staff writer from The Atlantic, Amanda Mull. Thank you for joining us. We're so excited you're here. How are things? Thank you so
1: much for having me. Things are good. It is not quite as um, stiflingly hot in New York as it has been for the past couple of weeks. So I'll take it. (laughs)
0: That is exactly like the first thing I said to Matt when we. Got, I don't even know if we were recording it. I was like, well, all... "I'm much happier because it's not as hot in Virginia." So you know,
2: I'm in. I'm in Alabama, so I basically am just resigned resign myself to hell at at, at all times. But swamp. No, um, Amanda, I, I was very excited to have you on as you're you were one of the first names we mentioned when I when when we were building our guest list for the podcast because yes. for for years now there is a, an almost an almost spooky thing that occurs every time you put a piece out, because I swear I have always been talking about whatever phenomenon you're writing about, like in the weeks leading up to you writing about it. And it's, it's amazing that that something will come out where you have an incredible, uh, incredibly researched uh, piece with a lot of great information about it. And it comes out like almost it it's that similar phenomenon to when you're talking about something with your friends, and then you check Instagram, and you have an ad for that thing. <laughs> that's that's the that's, that's been the Amanda Mull
1: experience for me. I'm spying on you. That's the reason. Yeah, <laughs>
0: this is how we find out that actually there's no yeah. governmental agency spying on Matt. It's the it's Amanda. just me.
2: It's just yeah. Amanda. She just has a bug in my phone. But the the uh, I, I just just to mention your your most recent piece that came out. It's it's about. UPS basically, and and kind of the the fact that we are all completely reliant on it for almost everything in our lives at this point, and how that might be a slightly unsustainable thing for us.
1: <laughs> right, right. Well, with the all the labor news about UPS last week, um, I. I write sort of regularly about logistics and about online shopping, and I thought it might be useful to like take a step back and and look at just how much our sort of like last mile logistics needs have changed as a country since like Amazon and online shopping as a whole, but particularly Amazon um, sort of became what it is now. And uh, like I had known these numbers like sort of in in abstract um, from writing about like ancillary issues so much. But um, the the scale of like change of package delivery in this country is is wild. Um, you know, billions and billions and billions more packages than used to be delivered in the US uh, every year. And the average household gets like three or four packages a week. Um, it used to be like a pretty rare treat to get um, to get like a, a package in the mail, and now it's like, oh, this is just something that happens all the time.
2: Oh, absolutely, uh,
1: it's a, it's every
2: day. I mean, I'm the I'm the uh, the work from home uh, member of my household, and it's truly, it's just like it's like part of the part of the daily duties of you know walking the dog, checking for the packages. It's like it is it is amazing how much stuff. Is coming into my house every day via via UPS or love FedEx, and
0: I haven't even ordered anything. Like that's <laughs> where I'm at with ordering stuff. Where sometimes I'm like, well, I'll just check the front front porch see if there's anything. <laughs> right? Why because, would there be anything?
1: <laughs> because it becomes so regular that it's like, yeah. did I order something? Am I waiting for something? I have no idea. I'm gonna go check.
0: I also have so many because now and part of it too with Amazon is you get subscribe and save, and so you know I got to have my. Um, microwave rice delivered for some reason, or, you know, I have someone on Instagram (laughs) talks me into getting those like clean skin club biodegradable towels that are supposed to like keep you from getting breakouts or, uh, the dog food, or I just recently signed up for like a food delivery kit thing. And so like, it feels like every week I'm getting something just from the standing, Responsibilities that I have in my life,
1: right, right, and then all of that stuff. Like you never know if something is going to come like in one package or if it's going to come spread over several packages. So you have to sort of not not just remember if you ordered something, but remember if everything that you ordered is in the box that you already got. <laughs> yeah, um, and pretty and pretty often it's not. Pretty often there's like a straggler that comes two days later, yeah. um, and you have to you know there there is just like such a volume of this stuff happening that you know the one thing that like stands out to me and I spent so much time in UPS annual, not UPS, but USPS annual reports, trying to figure this number out. But like in 2000, um, the postal service, which is the biggest package package deliverer in the United States delivered like 2.4 billion packages, which is tons of packages. But like last year they delivered 7.2 billion. And that is just like a, you know, several times increase over the course of, you know, uh, less than a generation. Um yes. So much stuff. Yeah, and they don't have, and they, the, the, Number of employees they have has not increased that much. It's increased like you know twenty percent, fifteen percent, something like that. So you're you've got like, and this is basically the case at all of the shippers at UPS, at FedEx. There's Amazon Logistics, which is now the third biggest uh, delivery service in the country, which didn't exist until 2018, basically, um, and it delivers four billion packages a year that were just like not didn't exist otherwise. Um, this
0: is fascinating. Yeah. For- so there's
1: there's just constant box is moving around everywhere. Well, I feel
0: like, like that at constant boxes is how I live my life, I feel like, because that's the other thing right. where it's like, now I got another box to get rid of. Oh, my God. Three, <laughs>
2: yeah. three, yeah. Times, three times as many packages being delivered by the same amount of people seems... Definitely like a great idea and totally sustainable
1: pattern.
0: I wonder why they were were striking. I can't imagine.
1: Right, right. You know, even when you look at like the raw numbers of this, it's like, oh, no wonder uh, there's like lots of labor unrest in this particular (laughs) sector of the economy.
0: Yeah. You factor in days like we have now and the poor guys I see in the neighborhood that are like hoofing it to deliver things and Unair conditioned vans and et cetera,
2: et cetera. Leave leave water bottles out for your delivery people. I don't know. I, I, maybe you can't do that in New York. I can I can do that in my in my cute little rural area <laughs> that I live in.
0: He leaves like cookies and Gatorades for. Him. <laughs> That's what That does yeah. all day working from home.
2: That's right. I'm baking cookies all day.
0: Uh, <laughs> well,
2: uh, Amanda, there was a, when when we uh, when we sent you the invite. We, we let you know that the way that it works on this show is we invite our guests to bring something to the potluck in terms of pop culture to talk about. And we leave that up to the guests. We say anything that you are thinking about or watching or listening to, uh, bring it on and we'll talk about it. And you gave me a very pleasant surprise because you wanted <laughs> to talk about a thing that has been a huge part of my life, but that honestly... I ha- I probably haven't watched very much since it originally aired which is Seinfeld. So first of all,
1: tell me kind of
2: what made you decide to start watching Seinfeld recently?
1: Well, I I like got done with Succession when everybody got done with Succession <laughs> and and I was like, you know, I need something that is sort of, that's not mindless, but does does not ask um, a great deal for me as yeah. far as, like, paying attention and, like, following a plot and following, like, the, you know, internal psychological machinations of a bunch <laughs> of, you know, a full, a full ensemble of characters. And I was like, I, what I need is a sitcom, um, but, like, we stopped making good sitcoms. <laughs> Um, quite a while ago, yeah. um, by and large. Uh, so I was thinking, and I was like, you know, maybe maybe now is when I watch Seinfeld because I grew, I grew up, I was born in 1985. So I grew up in the Seinfeld era, but I'm from Georgia. And I was like a little bit too young to understand like what it's like being in your 30s. So I had seen like an episode of Seinfeld like in syndication on TBS growing up, like here and yeah. there, but I never really got it. Like, I was like, I don't know why people are so like... You know, obsessed by this. Like it never really clicked for me as like a, a kid or a teenager. But I have lived in New York for uh 12 years now and I am 37 years old. And I was like, maybe now I get Seinfeld. <laughs> it turns out, yeah, now I get Seinfeld.
0: This is wild because it feels like I feel like you just told my story with Seinfeld, minus a few like where I lived and when things, but same thing, born the same year. Watched it here and there growing up. And there's still stuff that you would laugh at when I'd see stuff about like Festivus for the Rest of Us or the Puffy Shirt or some of these iconic like Seinfeld moments. But the actual like as I got closer to the age of the characters, I was like, oh, man, like some of this still hits. Obviously, there's there's a ton of episodes that just wouldn't exist today based on the fact that like there's an entire episode based on not being able to find their car in a parking lot or there's an entire and they're hilarious episodes there's an entire right. episode multiple episodes i believe where you're like one cell phone would like blow this entire thing up. Like, phone, yeah. phone
2: mechanics
0: phone right. mechanics
2: are a big yeah. part of older sitcoms but yeah if
0: you take that kind of thing out of it and you just take it for like the da- a lot of the dating stuff feels pretty
1: accurate <laughs> right right really and, and Seinfeld is like to a certain extent I think sort of a comedy of manners in a way yeah. like um and this the, all of these little sort of like fine-grained details of like how you're supposed to interact with other people in the world um you know they're of, of course played for uh, sort of uh, overstated uh humor in the show but you know the sort of like drudgery of like having to figure out how to interact like at dinner with someone you've been on three dates with and you're not sure if you like somebody you know interact with somebody at your job who is just sort of like annoying in a weird way but you tolerate um like all of that i think is sort of universal um, and I sort of, I, I really enjoy that it comes from the land before cell phones, because yeah. I think that um, we as an entertainment industry have, have largely not worked out how to use cell phones in, like, visual entertainment. Like, um, we've been trying to figure it out for a long time, at least since Gossip Girl. And, you know, showing showing texts on screen and asking you to read someone's text messages over their shoulder is just, like, yeah. not it's not, doesn't hit, it doesn't work. Um, So it's, it's nice, I think, to, to just like watch a show from before that was like a narrative device that could exist um, because you get a lot more of the sort of just like meat of human interaction.
2: Yeah. And that's, it's interesting because actually what, what you're, what you're kind of pointing to too is because so much of Seinfeld revolves around how somebody said something, right. Or the sort of nuances of, of communication between people and, and how you're supposed to behave in a certain situation. Those rules are entirely different now that we all have phones and social media and that, the other, these other ways that were really are the primary way that we all communicate now, instead of in person or talking on the phone to each other. So it's, it's, it's interesting in, in that it it harkens back to to a time when we had a completely different set of social rules that really only apply it's interesting you guys both brought up Dating, because that's kind of the only time that those things apply for most people now.
1: Well, you know what's you know what's funny? I think I disagree with that a little bit because I think that like um, the rules might be a little bit different, but I think that the advent of like text-based communication being such a, a large part of human communication now, um, just in a conversational sense, has allowed people to obsess over the details of interactions in a that's way a yes. in, a, in a way that has yes. o- <laughs> only brought us closer to Seinfeld. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) because (laughs) on the show it's done, you know, it is sort of like overstated for comedic uh, effect. Um, but because everything is written down now, I think it is easier to sort of obsess over these tiny little, um, you know, how someone used a word or how someone, uh, what does the it, thumbs up mean on the, right, on the text? Yeah, reaction. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I think that that in, in some sense, like the rules have changed, but in some sense, I think that text-based, you know, um, synchronous communication lets us, uh, obsess in a way that, um, That it that is only um, closer to the Seinfeld ideal of like the most neurotic communication possible. (laughs) There's
0: an entire I love that. There's so many great movie. Type things over the course of Seinfeld. Like there's, you know, um, Kramer becomes the movie line reader. Yes, the movie, I, yeah, he, I just watched that episode. <laughs> great episode. Um, of, and then there's one where like fake Elaine movies. has to save yes. seats. Again, like Elaine has to save seats at the theater. And yes. that anxiety is one of the most relatable. I know we don't have it anymore. And thank goodness, like the advent, like, or using these you know you buy your ticket ahead of time and get your seat and like whatever is that relieved so much personal stress (laughs) like when you're like no you can't have it there's two people here like giving it up and all these things but I love that there's even, I just saw this week with um, with the new X building going on in um, San Fran, is a lot of comparisons to the, is it the Roy Rogers chicken episode? Where <laughs> that Kramer, one I have not seen yet. Okay, so okay. Uh, Kramer I'm like, lives across, they seven, open seven, a Roy Rogers across from Kramer's side of the building. So <laughs> he comes out like the light is constantly oh, in no. his apartment, and there are a lot of Roy Rogers chickens. So,
2: so I, I I was, uh, you guys, you guys both mentioned this was a, this was a recent show for you, but I, and I'm, to be clear, I'm not that much older than you guys. I was born in 83, so I'm pretty much the same age. But I was allowed to watch this show probably younger, certainly younger than I was able to understand a lot of what was going on. But what was, what was a part of my experience watching this in the nineties, for whatever reason, my dad really was so into the show that he loved sort of explaining why it was funny to me, which I sounds like a very annoying thing, I think, to most people. But when you're a middle schooler, it was interesting because he sort of it was a chance. It was in some ways like the first time I was aware of the mechanics of writing a story. And my dad loved to explain to me about how these different plot threads were like all sort of coming together at the end of an episode and, and why that was a clever thing to do but i am curious because i was sort of aware of these catchphrases and and references and stuff that's just been a part of my life my whole life were there any of of them that you amanda didn't know was a seinfeld thing until you watched the show and then suddenly went oh that's what this is
0: from
1: yeah you know it's one of the most interesting things about this is realizing just how much like seinfeld very obviously affected the sense of humor like of the internet um because the internet is was sort of built by people who grew up watching seinfeld as a kid or as a teenager sort of clearly um and so it is even more so than like the individual gags because i was familiar with a lot of the gags like the soup nazi thing the you know a, a lot of that stuff has sort of transcended the um the realm of having watched seinfeld um but just like the general sort of like tone and um, sense of absurdity is so clearly has been so clearly uh, permeated into like all types of humor and all types of entertainment Um, in particular though, I think that I did not realize realize that the concept of shrinkage was probably like introduced with that term to like the broader culture with that episode of Seinfeld I'm um, in, yeah, in the pool Yeah, I was in the pool It
2: probably was the first time it was talked about on TV Right, yeah, right
1: Yeah, like I, um, it it did not, it did not occur to me, like, because that is not so much a bit as it just is like a convenient term for a particular thing. So it did not occur to me beforehand that this was probably something that started with Seinfeld as far as like a larger known term for a particular phenomenon. But then I watched the episode and I was like, oh, yeah, this aired in like 93, 94 I don't think that shrinkage was like a, a widely used term <laughs> in pop <about> <laughs> culture before that. I don't think yeah. that women in particular probably knew um, of that uh, t- term to describe that. Wait, so
2: so uh, the, the, ter- cr- the
1: term you're saying, not, not the phenomenon itself. Not
2: the phenomenon itself. <laughs> well, well the, char-
1: the female characters in the show are surprised that like that happens. Um, yeah. And so I think that like, that is, you know, people people of any particular in-group have their sort of like quiet things that they understand as phenomena that they don't really talk about to the general public. And I think that that is probably something that like men knew about, but I'm guessing that a lot of women were not familiar with. We can't let them know. Yeah, And like, and like, especially like having a term for it. Um, Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, I bet that that was like, a turning point for people understanding what happens when when men spend time in cold water <laughs>
0: i still i'm sitting here like thinking of and just laughing because i keep thinking of like the jerk store called and they're running out of you like, yeah like, all right. of these like one line my sister and i would even do the when he has the date with the woman that he says has man hands and he, she's mm-hmm. like breaking the bread and like right. rips the lobster apart and then she's like reaching and it's like you have something on your face like <laughs> um just there's so many of those the muffin tops. You remember that? <laughs> Sorry. It's funny because, like, again, I think I was talking to someone about this the other day. I don't know that I've seen every episode. It's probably been close, but I watched it here and there when it was originally on or shortly thereafter. And now we'll catch episodes like everyone else on TBS where it's like on, I think, nonstop when Friends isn't on. Um,
2: it's like say by the bell. You've you've probably seen every yeah. episode. It's just that you didn't watch them in order.
0: I do remember that I watched the finale like live.
2: Right. Obviously a yeah. huge, a huge event in yeah. in, in like monoculture. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. That that one of the one of the sort of rare things that everybody watched for whatever reason.
1: Yeah, oh. I I have not seen them all yet. I am like a third of the way through season seven, so I've seen like the majority
0: of them. Cool. Yeah, yeah.
2: it's seven or eight. The last season.
1: Nine is the last season. Oh, nine. Okay, it's
2: nine seasons.
0: Wow. And they're yes. I think they're solid, like 20, 24 episodes, aren't
1: they? Yeah, yeah, because the you know the linear television
0: nineties man. I'm telling you, Matt, <laughs> Matt and I are going to do a huge thing for um for X Files when it has its thirty year anniversary of the of the, the premiere episode, and and that's a a lot you got of tv ten, 10 episodes of 23 24 episodes an hour each
1: mm-hmm.
0: and <laughs> yeah. we're we watching 10 days they were making content up. back
1: then yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Seinfeld,
2: <laughs> seinfeld is 180 episodes and yeah. it's nine seasons which like first of all there are very few shows that even go nine seasons now yeah. Yeah. and if they did it would be a it would not be close to 180 episodes
0: no, no. i definitely i don't even think like walking dead was close to that and again just that felt like eons of content that
1: yeah <laughs> and it's even wilder because like i i started there from the very beginning everybody told me it wasn't gonna get good until the third season i thought it got good like halfway through the second season so i'm glad i watched it from the beginning yeah the chinese but, restaurant
2: i feel like it's talked about a lot as being kind of yeah. the first really good one
1: yeah and i think that my understanding was that was also sort of like a watershed moment in like the structure of the sitcom. That it was, like, one of the first bottle episodes, one of the, you know, that they were sort of, like, they had amassed enough of a following at that point to sort of, like, start to screw around with stuff and, like, get licensed to screw around with stuff. And that is, that has been one of the most interesting parts of the series to me is that, like, now... I think, especially with streamers, like you often get the best stuff in the first season, and then things sort of like degrade from there. But in Seinfeld, like the first season sucks. Like it's <laughs> and it's like eight episodes. They they yeah. clearly just like made enough to make a proof of concept, and that got picked up. And then the second season, they start to build this bigger audience, um, and they start to do more. And you can you can see the point at which like Jerry and Larry David sort of um, and Larry Charles too sort of uh, got to take the reins of things and that the, they were too good for NBC to really stop them from doing things. Um, so yeah, they got yeah. to be weird. Um, and they got to like be self-referential and sort of like off putting in certain ways that is like that work really well comedically. Um, yeah. but that uh, but I, I can only imagine for like, you know, network television in the, in the early to mid nineties was, was really strange. Um, and it's so interesting to watch a show sort of like get to grow into itself like that. Yeah. Um, and it's really um, rewarding to watch. Yeah. am <laughs> yeah. like pretty much everything else on television.
2: <laughs> well, I, I feel like, I feel like one thing that I definitely remember being shocking about it is that they, they, there are, I think, at multiple occasions where a character is killed as, and that's the bit. Like the comedy yes. is this person died in a weird way, or or the situation around them dying makes it awkward and funny for the audience. There's
0: like the one that has the ugly baby. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, because it's a show. I mean, they they bill it as such. It's a show about nothing with generally. Pretty relatively here, they have moments here and there, but gel- relatively unlikable in, in a loose sense characters. Like, George isn't a great dude. <laughs> like, no,
1: <laughs> George doesn't even think George is a great dude. Yes, right. So, yes. for George, like, he's just, in some ways
2: <laughs> liberated by being a self aware a hole, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's,
0: it's such an incredible concept that they make work. Because, I mean, Julia Louis Dreyfus, I don't know. I'd argue I mean if you could if you take like Larry David I don't know maybe if you even include him her career has been so fascinating to me that she's been able to I think I still think Veep is one of the funniest things that has ever been made and sadly is less and less like you know ironic I don't know if that's extremely right. it's extremely <laughs> realistic Yeah it's kind of a little too yeah. realistic to be as funny as when it first came out but yeah, she's incre- her comedic timing I think is so underrated especially I mean, we still run into this now with the way that I, I think the f- way female comedians are kind of re- received in a lot of ways, but she's hilarious. Her timing is great. Just real funny, real dry. Oh, I yeah, and I,
2: yeah, I wanted to ask you about that specifically too, Amanda. Like the the character of Elaine, for for me, growing up watching it, it's kind of a permanent like older than me, adult woman that I I can't relate to, but like watching it now as a woman who is the same age as Elaine is in the show, like what, what, what's your take on her? What's, what's been your experience with that?
1: I mean, I, You know, it's funny because, like, to me, Elaine does not like stand out above the rest of the characters. Like she, like, and I think that that's a credit to like how well cast the show is. That like Julia Louis Dreyfus is awesome, and she's perfect in the role. Elaine is such a funny, like, well drawn character. The the thing that she does where she shoves people that (laughs) is. yeah is is awesome and it's like she doesn't do it too much um they're 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 very very good about being sort of like restrained with little like signature things like that like she will shove someone for comedic effect like a couple times a season like they don't they don't um you know it's not cheap heat um and but like little stuff like that that comes back um is so funny to me and she is um you know a good physical comedian in a show that like does not require much physical comedy of her but like she her presence like just her how she moves on screen her presence on screen is so so good um and uh you know i think that i think that we've all got a little bit of elaine in us (laughs) um (laughs) (laughs) and it's weird because I didn't grow up with her as like a reference point at all, because I I did not really watch this show until I, until like a couple of months ago. Um, But yeah, she, you know, her sort of like career frustrations and working in media and publishing and her um, dating frustrations in New York and, and things like that are like very, I think, and, and those are drawn sort of broadly, I think, to be sort of relatable to Mm -hmm. to a lot of different types of women um but yeah you know, it's it is just interesting to me how, especially the the three non-Jerry members of the ensemble, because something that I really appreciated is that at some point in the show there are some jokes about how Jerry can't act. <laughs> <laughs> like I think it's I think it's it's season four or five where they're or the sort of plot of the season is they're making a, a pilot of a show yeah. that is basically the show that they're in, yeah. <laughs> um, which is really funny and one of those weird things that it's like yeah. oh the Larry David and Larry Charles it, know that they that they have this and that they're, you know, they can't be stopped by NBC so they can make this weird, this weird show in a show. Um, But, and they make some, they make some jokes about how Jerry can't act, which is like very clearly he cannot act like in the, in in the show itself he can't (laughs) um but the the other three characters george and um and kramer and elaine are just like so well acted and like just so spot on like the the physical mannerisms the line readings the just it's so good they get so good at these characters um that it is just like a real pleasure to watch
0: newman yeah. <laughs> Newman, 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 a Newman went to Georgia,
1: of- go dogs. Oh
0: nice. <laughs> yeah, Wait, the actor. The actor went to Wayne, Georgia. Is that Wayne Knight? Wayne Knight, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> went to Georgia. <laughs> amazing. The, the Jurassic Park legend. Yeah. He's like, well, look at this, we <laughs> got a badass over here. See, nobody cares. God, I love him.
2: <laughs> one of the one of the an absolutely incredible roster of of side characters and supporting performances in that show. Honestly, sure. that's yeah. the fascinating
0: yeah. list, Matt. We should look at that. I'm gonna i I'm gonna look yeah, at that because sure. we yeah. talked about that with X Files too where it's like that 90s late 80s early 90s probably a lot of overlap honestly you know and I mean Terry Hatcher is the one with the oh they're real and they're fantastic or fabulous spectacular spectacular spectacular. that
1: that I did not know was a Seinfeld thing that's a great um, I did not know that was a Seinfeld thing I thought that was a joke from a Coors commercial that (laughs) in like a Super Bowl um, it does not, have beer it's, commercial it's, vibes yeah yeah well it gets referenced by a beer commercial that played like during a super bowl and was wow, like, like a big really? commercial that year yeah and i thought that that was and everybody thought it was so funny and i thought you know and i just remember people thinking that was so funny and it being so distinctive <laughs> and when i um watched that episode i was like oh head. i think it was coors i was like oh that coors <laughs> commercial was a was a callback too. so yeah. man
0: we, we made don't. jokes about george making the nap spot under his desk yeah and then they think there's a a bomb because this alarm clock is ticking i mean there's so many bits yeah there's so many bits he was he was so cheap that he didn't want to he wanted to wait till the one suit jacket he wanted went on sale so he hit it like further in the rack there's so many like really really great contained one episode hilarious like Nothing really happens, but it's still oh, it's a great show. I'm sure. so glad that you brought that as your potluck.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's it's about. funny that like something I appreciate about it is that there's no more moral to Seinfeld. There's no right. ambition in any of its characters. Yes. Really, there is no. Everybody just wants to like pay their rent and um, date hot people and like hang out with their friends and like. <laughs> it's
0: They're nice. Total, yeah, hedonists.
1: Yeah, it's nice <laughs> that we're not being taught anything by Seinfeld. Yeah, and, I don't
0: need any lessons. I just yeah. <laughs> I just 20, want jokes. 24 minutes of jokes, please. Thank yeah. you.
2: <laughs> well, Amanda, I am so grateful you gave us a chance to talk about one of my favorite pieces of pop culture today. And as you, as you may or may not know, we like to do a quick trivia segment with all of our guests before we wrap up. So today we're going to combine two things that I care about deeply, and that would be Seinfeld and food. <laughs> uh, and our segment that we are calling What Did Seinfeld Eat?, Chandler, okay. you can play the jingle. Here we go. What if Seinfeld is on TV with George Lane and Kramer? This jingle is lame. <laughs> All right.
0: I love that's this another so much i'm
2: sorry amanda i didn't warn you about that sorry uh, I, don't, yeah.
0: I don't get to hear them until that's played so this is that's why that's new for me too it's always my favorite part of the episode to see what matt came up with
2: so it's pretty much what it sounds like i'm going to be asking the two of you trivia questions from seinfeld involving food uh hopefully these are all things that have happened early enough in the show that Amanda has seen the episodes. Oh, this is we'll be, see this we'll see how we to do. Keep
0: my streak alive here, Matt. This is a- Okay.
2: Amanda, we're going to start with you first. So, okay. What kind of meat does Jerry spit into napkins when he has served it at his girlfriend's family's house? Mutton. Mutton is correct. That is 1 no point hesitation. on the board for Amanda. I might go
0: down this time.
2: This is going to be <laughs> She's on it. <laughs> all right. All right, Caroline, you're up. What? South Indian soup does Elaine order from the Soup Nazi just before being banned for a year for saying that he looks like Al Pacino? <laughs> what a question!
0: Um, gosh, I don't know. I'm just—I don't think um, it's not. He doesn't have pho. I don't know. That's—it is I, not. It is not fun. I, I,
1: I know the answer to this one because <sighs> I watched this episode two days ago.
0: Oh, damn wait? it!
2: We are not stealing points, but please go ahead. Yes, uh, it's mulligatawny. It is mulligatawny. Very nice. Okay,
0: good. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> what a man! What a that's, that's yeah, I, wow. I
1: I really benefit from having watched that. No, this is this week.
0: <laughs> it's Mulligatani? Mulligatawny. Mulligatawny.
1: Yes, good soup. Uh,
0: <laughs> What's in it?
2: I, I want to learn something. What's in it? What is you it? You know, it's like curry flavored, and I think there's.
0: Apples in it, maybe. Mulligatani. Okay, yeah.
2: interesting. It's good. It's good. Give it. <laughs> give it a, give like it a shot. Check it out, <laughs> Check Um Check it out. <laughs> Amanda, you're up. So, in the episode "The Pledge Drive," Elaine sees her boss eating what iconic candy bar with a fork and knife? Oh. Snickers. It is Snickers. Wow, I knew that, I knew that one. Damn.
1: Two. <laughs> two points so that, far that remain. snicker that like running snickers gag throughout that episode is one of my favorite uh sort of uh, under the radar Seinfeld jokes so very
2: far. a very weird a very like the the kind of thing Larry David whether it ever happened or not it's the kind of thing that he would see someone do it once and would never stop thinking yes. about it forever yeah.
1: like that's yeah. it's a parable about how trends happen which is something I read about a lot <laughs>
2: that's right that's a, a very Amanda Moll episode for sure yeah i loved that <laughs> all right caroline you're you're in desperate need of a win yeah. here, okay and I, I need to say before i read this question I swear to you, hand hand to God, I wrote these questions before this episode. Okay. Okay. Kramer was once suffering from insomnia due to the neon lights coming (laughs) from which chain restaurant opening across the street from his apartment? Roy Rogers chicken. I'm so sorry. Is it Kenny Rogers? It's Kenny Rogers. You are now. I knew, now it. I, knew, math- it. I, knew when I was seeing it. Mathematically, wait,
0: was it eliminated. Kenny Rogers' chicken? I knew it. Damn it, Kenny Rogers. Kenny
2: Rogers. So this is okay. just for pride. Yeah. One, one final question for each of you, but Amanda is gonna <sighs> is gonna break the streak. Broke my
0: streak, my first loss, Amanda. <laughs> I'm sorry. Stuff. All right, stuff.
2: <laughs> Kramer Kramer once made a miniature statue of Jerry out of which shape of pasta? Fusilli. Lee is correct.
0: Wow, I am so impressed. perfect. Three for three. I also, I also,
2: I have also, watched all of these very recently. Still, Man, still. it really worked out. I will say yeah. also one what, what I don't remember if you actually wrote a column on this or if this was a Twitter thread, but I can remember during the pandemic, uh, Amanda was was really keeping me up to date on the availability of bucatini which is one of my favorite (laughs) pasta
1: shapes. (laughs) There was a a shortage, I feel like. Am I remembering that right? There was a Bucatini shortage. Somebody, uh, I think her name is Rachel Handler, wrote a really fun piece about it at New York Mag. Um, But there was a Bucatini shortage. Uh, Now it's back though. And there is um, a combination of Fusilli and Bucatini Wow. Fusilli-, Fusilli Corti Bucatini, which is really, really great. If you need like a short pasta for a, like a pasta salad, something like that, look into it. <laughs> but it's but it's hollow. It's hollow. It's like wow. they. It's like they oh. made um, a piece of Bucatini into like a curly Q. This is a, this is mind blowing for me. I I'm have learned have to check this out. so
0: much today <laughs> <laughs> like, about like UPS and shipment logistics and like different a- types of pasta. This has been I'm telling eye opening would bring the IQ
2: people <laughs> show up big time. Is, I've got all a right.
1: lot of niche interests and I'm <laughs> ready to talk about all of
2: them. <laughs> I love this All right Caroline <laughs> Caroline, this is a this is a dignity preserving I know. attempt for you. All right. When George's parents meet his fiance's parents for the first time They bring a loaf of bread that the fiance's parents refused to serve with dinner. What type of bread did the Costanzas bring?
0: Was it sourdough?
2: I'm so sorry. It is marble rye.
0: Damn it, I almost. We have I always said, like, black and white, but we that's have a, not a thing. We have
2: a Georgia versus TCU level blowout today I know. in the trivia competition. I mean,
0: honestly, you could just say Georgia versus Virginia because it would be about the same. So,
2: <laughs> yeah. Amanda, congratulations. You have you have broken the streak. You're the first guest to win our trivia contest. Blanked
0: me. Thank, <laughs> me,
1: thank you so much. Like I said, I have... My, I got very lucky in that almost all of my questions came from episodes I've watched in like the last three weeks
0: so. <laughs> she was a ringer <laughs> Now it's impressive it's impressive to remember that love because I'm a person that like throughout the day I always have had to have Like sound in the background or things going on. And so that's where I get a lot of like, I'm with you when you're like, oh, I need like a mindless show in the background. That's the stuff that I put on in the background while I'm working. If I can make a recommendation, if I can make a
2: recommendation, uh, it's a really good idea to have two children who are uh, (laughs) in their early teens if you like having mindless television on all day. (laughs) (laughs) There's a whole lot of
0: having distractions and a lot of
2: Disney Channel and Nickelodeon shows. Yeah.
0: I just have to have stuff. so I, I... But I... I'm impressed that you're able to retain so much of the the detail. That's what I'm like. That's incredible. Well
1: the, the way I've been watching it is that I will put on like an episode like when I'm about to go to bed. So I can usually stay awake for like the twenty-four minutes necessary to watch an episode and then I mm-hmm. fall asleep. And then sometimes I'll fall asleep like five minutes before the end and I will just start it again from the beginning. So se- some of these episodes I have watched like, <laughs> like like two and a half times. Yeah,
0: one and three this quarters times. <laughs> yes. This,
2: Seinfeld is your is your ASMR content. Content.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah. like it has become like a cue for me that like, okay, it's bedtime now. We're winding down. We're watching the Seinfeld. The slap bass just makes yeah. your
2: makes your your, that's uh, such a your brain start to like, shut down. Yeah. The
0: culture <laughs> thing to <through> the bear. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, like, yes. That's another thing that's like completely Well,
2: <laughs> Wow. Oh, well, Amanda, thank you so much again for coming on the show. And everybody, please go and check out Amanda on Twitter and check out her work in the Atlantic, which is just Fantastic! I, I can't say enough about the the timeliness of the stuff that Amanda is writing about. It always seems to be something I was already wondering about. Matt's thinking,
0: thinking about anyway. it. Amanda's right. right? <laughs> <That's>
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both so much. I really of appreciate course. it. This is great. Well, check us check us out
2: uh, on every podcast platform you can possibly imagine, and give us some give us some ratings. Uh, Give us some uh, reviews on there. Recommend us to your friends. Share the episode out there. And uh, thanks to everybody who is uh, continuing to listen and and give us your feedback on the show. So we'll be back next week with another episode of For the Water Cooler.
0: Just going to run this dog to see if we
2: can find any type of uh,
0: human remains that are left.